0: We've all heard these sayings. Maybe you've even said them yourself. Maybe you believe them. You know, sayings that we think are from the Bible, but maybe upon closer inspection we realize that they aren't? That's what we're talking about in this series where we say, God said what? Today you get to hear from two of my favorite people, my good friend Abby Burley and from Pastor Jamie Prickett, where they dive deeper into this topic of everything happens for a reason. Again, God said what? So let, let's hear what really the Bible has to say from this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly, unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we have set our hope that he will rescue us again.
1: So last week, I was overhearing my son have a conversation with his friend, and he was saying something that he under- he thought I said. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude, I didn't. I didn't say that. And, um, and I wonder sometimes if that's the way God feels about us, that God is, you know, listening to our conversations and we say God said this or God said that, or maybe we misquote the scriptures and I wonder if God just leans over to some angel and says, I didn't say that. Last week, we started this brand new series called God Said What? What? And so we actually looked at the phrase, we began the series looking at the phrase, um, God helps those who help themselves. And we said, in reality, that God helps those who admit that they are helpless without God. Um, About a year ago, I was on Twitter, and I saw this very famous preacher from Texas tweet out another phrase, and that phrase was, God will not give you more than you can handle. And it was interesting, because his tweet got thousands of retweets and comments, and a lot of people engaged with it in a very affirmative way but it didn't sit right with me and it kind of you know and so I, I still remember it to this day and um so I have with me today Abby Burley and so Abby is going to help us see why that particular phrase is contrary to what we find in scripture and I was talking to Abby um earlier in the week and Abby had made a comment that I really liked she said that that God doesn't wound us with with empty statements, and I really, really like that. That God doesn't wound us with empty statements. So, Abby, tell us about yourself, and and what are your initial thoughts about the statement? God will not give us more than you can handle.
2: The statement "God will not give you more than you can handle" unfortunately is not a new statement to me. I actually grew grew up hearing the statement um, used in my own home. Um, in my own church. And honestly, if I'm I'm being truthfully honest with you, I used it myself um, because I thought it was scripture. I truly thought God would never give you more than you can handle. And it wasn't until about six years ago that my husband Ryan and I started our family and we found out that we were pregnant with triplets. Mm. And it was in that moment that I had other people start to say statements that were starting to wound me. And these were statements that I had found myself saying and believing my entire life. And so really over the past six years, it has driven me, these wounding statements. And, and if I'm being honest, I think most people don't mean them to be wounding. Sure. I think most people want to be encouraging. Um, but it really led me to keep going back to Scripture um, as a new mom of triplets. Um, we've actually, if you don't know our story, we've spent more than 600-plus combined days um, in intensive care Um Um, in the medical treatment world. Um, We are a family that is impacted by lifelong disabilities, um, whether it be physically or neurologically. Um, We've also undergone brain surgery as a family um, with our kids. And honestly too, um, if we're being transparent, my husband and I, over the past six years, really having to mesh, we can't handle this. And everyone around us, or it feels like everyone around us, is telling us that God would not give us more than we could handle. So where does that leave us? And for my husband and I, it, it led us to go back to Scripture. And... I love that you hung on to that statement of what I said about the wounding because that is what dawned on me. The more I went to Scripture in our season, in our family story, with the suffering, uh, truly being on life support, living moment by moment, I found Jesus' words never wounded me.
3: Mm. He
2: never offered me a statement that left me wounded. That's good. And so when I really think about this, God will not give you more than you can handle. I'm speaking to my past self. I'm speaking to my future self. And and I'm speaking to you is saying, hey, how can we be people who go to Scripture? And instead of using um, just empty words and leaving people wounded, how can we be people who read and view Scripture to change someone's situation, to change how they view and see their story. Because what we will learn, Jamie, that what you're about to share (laughs) and what you always share in Scripture is that that's the case. Absolutely. Jesus helps us rewrite our stories.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, to be fair, I think where a lot of folks are coming from with that Scripture, there's actually a, a place where Paul writes to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter. 10 verse 13, I personally think it's taken out of context, and we'll talk about that, but mm-hmm. Paul says to the church and to us that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's really where that statement comes from, from a lot of people. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is because the original Greek word for temptation can also mean test. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about testing, we think about personal tragedy. We think about struggles that we might have. But that's not the context that Paul is using it in this particular scripture. He's using it in the terms of temptation. Mm-hmm. And um, and so if you look at the larger context, what Paul is is referencing is he's referencing back to the Israelites who fell into temptation of idolatry and and they they um, they kind of got sucked into idolatry from other nations and so he's encouraging the Corinthians don't fall in that same trap mm-hmm. that you actually have a choice that of, of not falling into that temptation. And so I think two points I think need to be made here. First, Paul is not addressing, hardships that we may face like loss or pain or suffering he's not addressing those kind of things and Paul but Paul is addressing um, that we have a choice to reject temptation. The second thing I think is important is that Paul is not saying and this is important Paul is not saying God is making bad things happen to us and, and I want to be clear you know bad things are not a part of God's plan we live in a fallen, world, but they are part of the human experience. Hmm. And we're all going to experience um, hardships and pain. And and some of those bad things that are part of our human experience can be overwhelming.
3: Hmm.
1: Matter of fact, speaking of Paul, you, you fast forward to Paul's other letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians. Paul says um, at the beginning, as he's introducing himself to the church, he says, we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself
3: hmm.
1: now some translations one of the translations that I read actually has it saying so utterly Paul says we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength the Apostle Paul makes it clear that that his hardship was actually beyond his ability to handle hmm. and so if he's going to survive what Paul is saying I can't depend on myself I've got to depend on God. Mm-hmm. So so Abby, why do you think, why do you think that the phrase that we use the phrase God will not give you more than you can handle? And how, how do we change the script on that? And and, and how, how do we begin to how do we begin to shift our thinking?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie posed this question to me, and honestly, it's a question that I've posed to myself. I just shared with y'all that I'm not a stranger to the statement. And I think it goes back to my personal experience, which then lended me to sitting with other people in their personal experience. And it all goes back to, we are not wounded by what Christ says in his word and his deeds. Therefore, we are called as Christ followers to not wound others as we sit with them. And I actually did a poll on my Instagram, um, and I was really curious about um, a group of women just really asking them, hey, have you ever heard this statement? Mm -hmm. Have you ever been told in your moment of hardship or suffering, like, God won't give you more than you can handle? And if you have, how did it make you feel? And Jamie, I get the opportunity to sit with a lot of women in in their hard stories and um, it's a privilege that i don't take lightly and we're going to come back to that word privilege in a minute but these women left me with words of, you know, that statement made me feel unseen. It minimized my circumstances. I left feeling degraded. Um, I left feeling like they were just rushing me off um, to get to their next thing. And no one had shared a positive experience in that moment. And then I coupled it with the question, when you shared that hard thing with this person, Mm -hmm. what did you need in that moment? And this is where, as Christ followers, we have the opportunity to change the script, and we have the authority to change that script with that person, because number one, we are people who are going to suffer. That's guaranteed. And then number two, we are people who have the opportunity to encounter Christ. Because of those two things, every single person has the authority to sit with the person beside you, to hear their hardships, and to take it beyond a wounding statement. To take it beyond and have these women or men or teenagers, whoever you're getting to sit down with, Mm -hmm. and help them to feel seen.
1: Well, that's good.
2: And help them to feel loved and valued help them to know that they are not alone help them to know that what christ offers and what you said about this you know i I can't choose the kids that i have i can't choose their story i can't choose for my child not to have a lifelong disability and i wouldn't and Mm -hmm. that's another sermon (laughs) but i can choose i can choose how i speak about my story I can choose how I share Jesus through my story, and I can share when I'm sitting down with that woman sitting in front of me of how I encourage her through her hardships.
1: Mm. That's good. So, I think, so to summarize, I think what I hear you saying is it's not that God will, will give you more than you can handle, but that God will help you handle all that you've been given. And we are all been given, I mean, we've, you know, life has given a lot of us different s- struggles. And so, um, so what you're saying is that in the midst of those struggles, because we're all going to deal with that, mm-hmm. we have the authority to sit some, with someone and, and uh, allow that person to be heard and to be seen. So, so how do we live that out for one another? Is there something in the scriptures that remind, is there a story in the Bible or is there some, how, how do we live? How do, what does that look like?
2: For me, that is the the easiest picture for that is John 4, for Mm -hmm. me, found in the Bible. And I will summarize it real quick. John 4 is the Samaritan woman. Um, It's assumed that she has anywhere between four to five husbands, lovers, kind of a a situation. She lives in a small town. She is outcasted in that community because she is a woman that has more than one lover. Um, She finds herself walking to the well in the middle of the day and encounters Jesus. And I want to remind you of this. I said the word privilege earlier. It is a privilege to get the opportunity to sit with people. But as Christ followers, we do not get to out of that privilege what Jesus did with the Samaritan woman in John 4 is he did not rush her off it actually says in Scripture that he listened to her mm-hmm. and he heard her entire story and when Jamie and I were talking about this later everything about this woman sharing her story with Jesus at the well changed. how she viewed her circumstances changed. Actually, to the point where she left her jug of water, she Mm -hmm. ran off from the well, Mm -hmm. and she was entering back into what was her messy hardship circumstances, but because she had encountered Christ. Because Jesus did not rush her to healing, but sat with her in her suffering and hearing her story, she went back into her community. And she actually, it says in Scripture, that she started to yell running back into the town saying, come and see, come and see. And Scripture affirms that people believed who Jesus was because she had originally been heard in her story someone listened to her sat with her valued her was able to see her in that moment and i can't think of a better picture of what we're called to do with people uh in their hardships and moments of season and suffering whatever word you want to put on it i really can't sitting with them offering them a cup of water sending them out with that script that says you are seen you are loved you are valued i hear what you're saying to the point where they are changed and they say come and see what my god has
1: done i love it i love it so so using that image it's as though you know we we discover that that god god's going to sustain us that god is that we can trust that when bad things happen mm. during the course of our life that god is god will well, is going to hold us, be present, and he's going to help us to be seen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's,
2: I, and he's going to change us.
1: Yeah, in the midst of that, in
2: the midst. Of I mean,
1: that. that's that's so cool. I mean, I, I love, I love that. I love the fact that, um, and, it, and it reminds that we don't that we don't have to walk alone. I, I think out of all of what you you've said, I, I love the fact of just being seen, and knowing that, you know, that phrase, you know. Um, God will not give you more than you can handle. It's almost like that becomes um an excuse for people not to participate in other somebody else's pain.
3: Mm.
1: I'm just going to let God handle that and mm. but but what you're saying is no, you need to be involved. You need to get in the in it. And and I think by you or me or whoever is called to that place in that season of that person's life that that's God's way of saying you're not walking through that alone. Mhm.
2: And I agree. I actually would say we're required as Christ followers to do that. It's not an option. Um, but, you know, I, I, I've had seasons of feeling alone. Um, there are moments in my day where I feel alone. And I know that you also watching this have moments where you feel alone. And I want you to know, even though you feel alone, you're not unknown. Jesus knows who you are. He knows your whole story. He knows your hardship, your moment of suffering, maybe your season of suffering, maybe your lifelong struggle with, you can fill in the blank. Jesus, though, wants you to share your whole story with Mm -hmm. Him. He invites you into that. And I believe, and I know you believe, that you're not gonna feel alone in that moment because you're going to be so known. Um, You're going to be changed and you're going to be seen.
1: Yes. And and I think we what Abby and I would also say to to those of you that are watching is that you know, don't be afraid to reach out. Mm-hmm. We we believe that there's there's already God has already put people in your life that that want to help you be seen and to help you be heard and to walk with you through whatever it is that you may be going through at this time. So mm-hmm. so don't keep that to yourself. Reach out and um and and reach out to us. We'd be glad to offer prayers and support and encouragement as well. So, Abby, thank you so much for Thanks, joining us and being a part of this. So, do um, you mind if we have a prayer? Yeah. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. Gracious God, we know that there are some that are watching this today that that are struggling with um, with just maybe they feel ignored. And, and maybe they feel like that whatever they're going through, it's just so overwhelming. And, and, and it is more than they feel like they can handle. I pray that you will break through to that. And I pray that that you will surround them with people that can walk with them through the challenges that they face, knowing, God, that, that you are ever-present and, and, and you are a God who never forsakes. And may they feel that and experience that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
3: Torn up pages in this book Words that tell me I'm no good Chapters that defined me for so long But the hands of grace and endless love Dusted off and picked me up Told my heart that hope is never gone God is in this storm so if the storm you're walking through feels like it's too much and you wonder if he even cares at all In the story, God is in the details, even in the broken parts, He holds my hand, He never th-
4: God's presence is a faith-building trust that comes in the middle of our story even when or sometimes especially when it seems like the story isn't going to get the happy ending that we long for when it's more than we can handle. So this week, may God come alive for us in new and ever deeper ways so that we know that no matter the story, with Him all is and all will be well. I'm glad you watched today and I'm grateful for your continued giving to this online ministry. If you would like to support Together What If or the ministries of Gainesville First United Methodist Church, you can go to gfumc.com give. And as always, you can help us build online bridges to Christ by liking and sharing this content. As we go through this week, may we remember to lift our eyes and our hearts to God who is our ever-present help in time of trouble. And may we, by our loving kindness, remind others of God's generous healing presence. See you next Sunday.